Welcome to Biohacking with Brittany, a podcast where I share all about my health journey and wellness products and biohacking and all of the different things that I try as a nutritionist and a biohacker. Thank you for tuning in for another week. I am always excited to put out these episodes and just really enjoy how different they all feel. It's really cool to just be exposed to so many different people. And I was actually talking to somebody yesterday who is thinking about starting a podcast and she was asking me like, what is the best part? What is, what do you really get out of it? What makes it for you? And for me, it's being able to connect with people that I would never connect with otherwise. So having the ability to interview people from all over the world who do such different things is just awesome. Like it's just really, really cool. And these are people that I will likely never meet in person, mostly because I'm in Canada. I work online, I work remotely and these people, you know, work all over the place. And there might be some people I might meet eventually at like a biohacking conference or something like that. But definitely not all of them. And it's really cool to sit down with the founders or the CEOs or whoever of these companies that are making such differences in people's lives and in people's health. And yeah, it's just a, it's a blessing and it's time and it's time and education that I just really appreciate. And that's why I love it. And I learn a lot. So I think everyone listening learns a lot as well. I know a bunch of you are quite educated already and super into health and super into biohacking. And I love that. I love our little tiny knit community that we have, even as crazy as biohacking is and as booming as it is, is really, it's still nice to have this little community. And I like to think that we're still niche and we're not mainstream. I still think like that. I don't know if other people agree. Like I there's more and more coming out about biohacking, right? Like podcasts and people and books and yeah, just content in general, but I don't think it's mainstream yet. And so I, I actually really enjoy not being in the mainstream and not being like just a wellness podcast. Like I like to specialize and talk about biohacking. And recently in the last couple of weeks, I actually don't know how long it's been going on, but my sleep has been not so great, which is very interesting because I spent basically all of 2019 hacking my sleep. I got the aura ring in March, 2019. I won it through a contest, a Instagram contest. Actually, I think it was Dave Asprey's Instagram contest and I won it through him and it really changed how I viewed sleep. So I started blocking out all the light and getting blue blocking glasses and making the room really cold and having the the windows open and like creating this whole environment that allowed me to sleep better. And it, it really worked. But in the last few weeks, like my sleep hasn't been that great. And I attribute that to stress and too much on my mind, I would say. And yeah, so I, I've kind of been looking at supplements that I can take. And I was taking 5-HTP for a while, which can be converted into melatonin. I was taking sleep stacks that had melatonin in it. And I ran out of all of the sleep supplements I was taking. So sometimes like brands will send me supplements and it'll include some sort of sleep bottle. And so I have this little basket of supplements in my bathroom that are for nighttime for sleep. And I've actually run through all of them. And and then, so the last few weeks, not having anything when I need it is just like not ideal because I definitely don't think we should be taking sleep supplements every single night. But if you are stressed or you are going through a period where sleep isn't optimal, it's really nice to have something to pull out and take and rely on. And that's kind of how I've always used them is like, if I go to bed at 10 and I'm still tossing and turning at midnight, I will get up and take whatever sleep supplement because I think it's needed. And 
so yeah, so I've kind of run out of everything. Um, and I have looked into what my options are and finally, finally, that is not a word, but we'll say that you Ben Greenfield actually released the podcast episode this week on sleep and his new sleep supplement. And I was looking at ordering it from Keon and I love Keon. And even though I have a discount code with them, the shipping to Canada is just like enormous and I just couldn't justify it. So I actually kind of created my own stack that's very similar to that supplement. So it's got L-tryptophan in it, L-theanine and GABA. So these are three amino acids and we know amino acids help create proteins and help create hormones. And I've started taking that in the last few days and I've definitely, definitely felt more relaxed and grounded. So all of the data, so we'll start with tryptophan. So all of the data for tryptophan is on a thousand milligrams of tryptophan. So I bought this supplement that has 220 milligrams. So I just take five at night and then I take 250 milligrams of L-theanine and then GABA. And if you buy GABA and if you go out and buy these, make sure that you get the pharma GABA and it'll say it like under the ingredients list where it says like each capsule contains, it'll say it right there. So make sure you get the pharma GABA because that's the most absorbable form and the one that everyone has studied the most and there's just the most research on it. And so you need a hundred milligrams of GABA. So that's a thousand milligrams of tryptophan, L-tryptophan, 200 milligrams of L-theanine, a hundred milligrams of GABA. And yeah, it's very relaxing, right? So tryptophan is what we associate with turkey, like at Thanksgiving, when we eat a bunch of turkey and we're tired afterwards, it's because turkey's high in tryptophan. L-theanine is found in green tea, which is why a lot of people like green tea is because it balances out the caffeine. So you kind of get that energy rush without the crash and burn that you kind of get with coffee. And then GABA is a, like another amino acid that people use. A lot of people use it for like nervousness, acute stress and that type of thing. And so this stack has been working really well for me. Like it's pretty early to tell, but I've been sleeping a lot better and also just not waking up at night as much and kind of falling asleep within 10 minutes and reducing my latency and, and that type of thing. So it's it's good because I need it. And it, it's just really hard, kind of like what I talked about last week on the podcast was it's really hard to be productive and grounded in your body at the same time. And like, how do we create that sense of productivity and success without caffeine without being in our heads without go 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 right like how do we keep our heartbeat low and how do we keep or not low but at a good level and not be racing right so it's just something i'm exploring and i definitely feel better during the day as well with it too it's just like supporting the body through using amino acids i also take other amino acids especially with working out so i'll take a powdered essential amino acids like EAA and I don't have it in front of me, but I think it's got like 10 amino acids in it. It's got a bunch. And then I put that in my water and I actually take a scoop of creatine with it as well, just because creatine is so good for putting on muscle and building muscle. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. And I want to continue using it and I will until I run out of these three uh, new supplements that I got. And I, I hope it continues in, to improve my sleep and make me feel less stressed. Yeah, it's good. I, I'm like, I can feel that I'm like changing my lifestyle as well. I've not been so gung-ho about working out lately and I've been more social, <laughs> but you know, you have to be careful with being more social too, because obviously if you're going out and drinking, it's great to be social, but then it's not great to be like consuming alcohol all the time as well. So you kind of have to weigh the pros and cons, but I'm really enjoying it and I'm really enjoying Canada opening back up again, finally, after two years and having a life again outside of Instagram, outside of the devices and everything. So needless to say, though, the podcast is not going anywhere regardless of any of that. And neither am I in terms of like 
social media and content creation as well. So yeah, that's like my update right now is I'm finally sleeping better. And if you want to try that stack, let me know. And we can also like chat and I can give you recommendations of brands to buy for those amino acids. This week on the podcast, we have Ben Levine on from Rasa, and it just goes hand in hand with what I was just talking about because it's all about substitutes for coffee. How do we keep that ritual in the morning of a hot cup of something in our hand without burning us out, without burning our adrenals out? And we talk so much about plants and mushrooms, and it was really fun. It was really fun in this episode. And a quick shout out to our sponsors. So Sensate, of course, everyone loves Sensate so much. It's so funny. I get so many people talking to me about Sensate. And yes, it helps with stress management, which seems to be the theme of my year this year is how do I reduce my stress? Yes, I use it for stress management. And Sensate is a device. It hangs around your neck, it vibrates, and it activates your vagus nerve. And basically what that does is it calms down your nervous system and kind of regulates it better through this like energy, vibrational energy. And it's really cool. And a lot of people love it and I still use mine. So I definitely recommend Sensate if you haven't tried it yet. And then of course, a shout out to my favorite place to get Shungite, which is a black stone. Although I actually think it's a crystal. Yeah, I have to check that. Someone told me it's a crystal. I think it's a crystal. And Shungite basically has energetic properties in it that reduce the EMF that we are surrounded by. So I have like jewelry by them. And I also have this beautiful little pyramid that sits on my desk. And it's really cool. So that's from the Shungite shop.com. Uh, it's my favorite place to get Shungite. They have loads of options too. Like whatever you're into, male, female, whatever jewelry you're into, that there's so much to choose from. So definitely check them out if that is something that you have been thinking about. And enjoy this episode. Stay tuned next week for another one. And if you have any questions about your health or your nutrition or your wellness or biohacking, you can email me or you can message me on Instagram at biohackingbrittany where I am the most active. Although I've also joined TikTok again. And on TikTok, my username is just biohacking because <laughs> I downloaded TikTok like before TikTok was or is what it is now. I think I downloaded TikTok in like 2018, I want to say. And I was like, I'm going to take this biohacking username. And so now I have it and I have like a hundred followers with the biohacking username. So if you are on TikTok, that's where I'll be. I'm actually thinking about producing a different type of content on there, but stay tuned for that because I haven't decided if I'm willing to do it yet. It's going to be quite different from what I do right now. So um, let me know, follow me, message me, and I'm excited to connect with you. And I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. I am super excited to have everybody joining me again for another week of talking about health and wellness and just like various things. Sometimes we talk about nutrition and sometimes we talk about, I don't even know, the latest tech, the latest biohacks that I'm into. And this week we are kind of going back to some of the things that I was initially interested in when I first started my own healing journey and my own health journey, mostly being like plant medicine and using plants and herbs and like how they can be healing in our body beyond what most people know or what most people use them for. So I'm joined by Ben Levine, who is the co-founder and chief herbalist at Rasa, which makes adaptogen rich like elixirs and powders and drinks essentially. And they are beautiful. I was, Ben, I was even just on your website today and I just loved it. So welcome to the show. We are so excited that you're here. Thanks for having me, Brittany. Really excited to be here. Yeah. So before we even get into Rasa and everything that is, I want to talk about you and your journey. So you are a herbalist. Like, how did you get to that point? What certifications did you do? Just tell us everything. Sure. And the beautiful thing about herbalism is that everyone has their own route. So it's often a jumble of different 
schools and experiences. And my story is very similar. It's a windy goat trail instead of a highway like a lot of professions. I, I, I think it really started as a kid. My dad took us to a lot of national parks and I just loved hiking. And when I was in college and in my early 20s, when I would feel depressed, when I would feel disconnected, I would go into nature and hike and trail run. And there was something special there. I couldn't quite verbalize it or touch it in a way, but there was something there. And I I got into organic farming uh, and natural food and after college ended up on a small organic farm in Alaska. Um, And that's where I really discovered herbs. There was a lot of nettles and fiddlehead ferns and a lot of mushrooms and the idea that you could just walk out your door into a meadow or into the woods and harvest dinner blew my mind. And and it was really exciting. And then I started to see the herbal, the more medicinal side of herbs and wild plants. And it just struck me like what I had been missing was relationship, this more two-way relationship with nature as opposed to nature as kind of a, a temple that I visit that's very pristine and soothes me. Um, and that relationship I started developing with medicinal herbs was so much more alive than Advil or like Advil will never be alive like a plant is. And to me, herb, herbs and herbalism have come to represent a different way of seeing the world than the dominant paradigm we live in and, and a way of seeing the world that's incredibly healing for us individually and as a society. What was the first herb that you used in a medicinal way? <laughs> I I think it was peppermint. I so well there were there were a lot of herbs, nettles like that I would eat and I after Alaska I traveled in India and, and there were some herbs there, amla, hibiscus, but I didn't really develop a relationship with them much. And I landed in Colorado and started working at Celestial Seasonings, the massive tea company. And and that's when I, I convinced them to send me to herb school. And that's when I really found my people. But part of my experience at Celestial when I first started there was, okay, I have free access to all these herbs and I'm, I'm drinking tea every day. And peppermint was the first herb I really felt, I think. Like I could feel how it was shifting my nervous system. My vision would shift a little bit. It would lift my mood. It would relax me. And that's a very simple, common herbal tea. So it was, it was really nice to start with that one. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, I'm just thinking back on my own, like first ones that I used. I remember like before nootropics were a thing, I bought a uh, go-to cola and I was, I started playing around with that and using that for like studying when I was in university. So I think that was a big one. And then I don't even know what else, like Oh, Vitex and like just different things like that. But I always have taken them from like a supplement standpoint, whether it's in a liquid or a powder or yeah, even like a capsule. I've never, or sometimes tea, but I've never really been into growing my own medicinal garden and then using plants from it. But now I I just bought property and it actually has a garden. So I might get into that. But is that kind of where you're at, where you grow your own and then use it like that? I'm kind of all over the spectrum. I, I have a garden and my nettles just popped up first, the first spring green. And I also I really love wildcrafting. And a lot of the reason reasons I'm an herbalist are from experiences I had wildcrafting herbs. But I think the difference is pretty big between growing herbs, which is a lot of nurturing energy, and wildcrafting, which is a lot more like respect and you're in their house in a lot of ways. And then also I just got back from India, two weeks in India on a sourcing trip, visiting farms all over Karnataka and Rajasthan, seeing herbs cultivated on a, on a large scale. I was in a, a farm with a million ashwagandha plants. So I'm kind of I'm kind of seeing the full spectrum of possibilities and loving every angle. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy how popular ashwagandha has gotten in the last like, three years, I'm going to say. I think every time now when you say like adaptogen, I think people automatically think ashwagandha. Like, do you agree with that? Absolutely. It is booming. And there's a ton of good research out there about ashwagandha has really strong traditional use. It's amazing for farmers. I saw out there, it doesn't need water except for rain, doesn't need any fertilizer. 
doesn't have any pests. So you, the farmers can just kind of plant it and come back in six months and harvest it. And that's pretty amazing. But yeah, it's booming in popularity. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get into adaptogens more. Which ones, like first off, like which ones are your favorite to use like right now that you're currently using? Well, ashwagandha is certainly up there. I really like shatavari as well. Rhodiola has been a favorite of mine for a long time, many years. Cordyceps. That's a really hard question, Brittany. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I could could just start listing adaptogens. But yeah, I really like, I think, rhodiola, shizandra, cordyceps, ashwagandha, shatavari. Like those are kind of my core adaptogens. Is it kind of getting to the place now where these adaptogen supplements and teas and drinks and everything are not all the same in quality? Like we see with like vitamins and minerals, it's like, yeah, you can be taking, you know, B vitamins, but there's definitely ones that are better than others. Is that kind of the same thing with these adaptogen supplements now? Absolutely. There's a couple of points I'll make. The first one is we see a lot of adaptogen watch. For instance, chaga, turmeric, these are not adaptogens. And a lot of people are just starting to use adaptogens like a marketing term. I see a lot of mushroom companies just calling all mushrooms adaptogens. It, it is a hot term. And because of that, it's getting diluted by folks that aren't herbalists, don't really know what they're talking about. But they're like, hey, if we call our product adaptogenic, maybe we'll get some more sales. Um, and so that's something that scares me. And at Rasa, we're about to launch an adaptogen buying guide, breaking down like this is what is an adaptogen. This is why this is the definition. And this is what you look for with quality. And I think that'll be a nice offering. The second thing I see a lot is what I call what I call fairy dusting, where you have a well, I think the other day I saw a popcorn with ashwagandha. And that's awesome. But a lot of times they're just sprinkling in a little fairy dust of ashwagandha, like it's not going to have any physiological impact but they can put it on the label and call their popcorn adaptogenic popcorn. And there we go, you know? And and I see a lot of that, like people that don't put the actual doses. And that's something I, I think about a lot at Rasa. Like, okay, we have a calm product with ashwagandha. I'm going to say 250 milligrams, 10% with thonolides. And then as a consumer, you can make a very informed decision about how you want to drink that. Uh, but if we just said... Uh, oh, there's there's a little ashwagandha in there. You really have no idea. Is it going to have any effect? And that ends up hurting all of the good actors as well, because a lot of people will have these adaptogenic products, feel no difference, and think the whole idea is bunk. Yeah, that whole concept of like fairy dusting, like you said, is so played out everywhere in the health world. Like, I see that with vitamins. I see that with minerals, things that are fortified and it's just added in and it's just like selling it, right? Like it's just marketing. It's whatever you want to call it. And I think it's very interesting that a lot of the time with these products, you actually don't have to put how much is in it. Like you just said, you don't have to put the milligrams, but there is ways that you can kind of tell if that's happening. If you buy, for example, that popcorn that you're talking about and you flip it over and you look at the ingredients, like the ingredient list has to be like written out by the most ingredients to the least. So if the last ingredient is the adaptogen that they're saying that's in there, then it's kind of like, well, how much is really in this? But I I guess that's in, yeah, relativity to the popcorn and and the other things in it, right? So it's kind of hard, but yeah, that's so interesting because what's the point of even adding that to popcorn? Like, why do you have to eat adaptogenic (laughs) popcorn? That's just dumb. Like, what? Yeah, yeah. And and I don't I, I don't know for sure about this popcorn. I just saw it in passing, but there so maybe if you're listening and, and it's your popcorn company, maybe it's an incredible company. I don't I'm not sure. <laughs> but that I just use that as an example because there are so many companies that like that just toss it in to say ashwagandha. And I've seen dozens of these and there's absolutely no way sometimes that they have a functional dose. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen it in like soda waters and I've seen yep. it in uh, chocolate a lot of adaptogenic chocolate. And now I don't know too much about that. Like, is that, could you put like a therapeutic dose in chocolate? I could see chocolate working because your serving size is big enough. You can pack some powders, extracts in there. That's doable, I think for sure. But yeah, some of these like lozenges with, don't get me started. (laughs) (laughs) It scares me. It scares me because adaptogens are 
such a, a powerful and amazing class of herbs that if the term adaptogen gets diluted to mean nothing more than superfood, it's going to be a loss for everyone. Do you ever feel frazzled, not grounded, stressed, and like you have way too much on your plate? Of course, you know you should be taking time for self-care, but doesn't mean you actually are, and it kind of just feels like another thing on your to-do list. I have definitely been there. It's tough to kind of balance everything these days, especially for those of us working from home with extra side hustles and or kids. Stress reduction feels like a nice idea, but never something easily achievable in the moments when we need it the most. I believe in solutions that use science to help us be healthier on a daily basis, but without crazy technology or tools that aren't accessible or affordable for everybody. I use Sensate, which is something that I've been using for a long time now, and I spoke about a lot last year, which is a groundbreaking innovation in wellness technology that uses the natural power of sonic resonance to calm your body's nervous system, providing immediate, immediate, let me tell you, relief and long-term benefits from regular regular use. It calms your nerves and helps you feel better in as few as 10 minutes per day. It improves stress resilience to help you cope with whatever life throws at you. And it increases heart rate variability, a known biomarker of health and longevity. This is so important because for many of us, our body's built-in stress management system is simply just an overdrive. Sensate's novel Patatin technology was designed to send infrasonic waves through the chest to reach the vagus nerve that sits deep in the core of our nervous system. By speaking to our body's command center, we can control how we respond to all the positive and negative things that we experience each day, which is just so cool and such an easy, easy biohack to bring in every day. You can use my discount code, which is BiohackingBrittany in all capitals. I will put the link in the show notes and it's on my shop page at biohackingbrittany.com and you get $25 off today. If you have any questions about it or when you get it, please message me. I'd love to chat as this is one of my favorite biohacking tools to use on a regular basis. Yeah. It's same with like antioxidants as well, right? Like People put antioxidant everywhere and people think, oh, I'm taking this thing and it's detoxing my body or it's making me healthy or I'm drinking red wine and there's antioxidants in it. So it's fine. You know what I mean? And it's just like the amount, I forget how many glasses it is or bottles. It's something crazy that like for you to get the therapeutic dose of antioxidants in red wine, like you would have to drink so much red wine in one sitting that it's just not even a case, it's not even an argument. So I can totally see how this is like now playing out into adaptogens as well. It's interesting that you talk about things that aren't adaptogens because that's not a narrative that I actually hear a lot. So can you actually list like just a bunch that people might think are adaptogens, but really aren't? Yeah. The ones I see the most commonly are a lot of the mushrooms. Um, There are three mushrooms that are adaptogenic by the definition of adaptogen, which we can get to. Uh, and that's cordyceps, poria, and reishi. But I see chaga talked about as an adaptogen a lot, and that's not. Some other herbs, pearl, turmeric, matcha. What about? That's a great one. That's not adaptogenic. Wow. Awesome, awesome mushroom. Yeah. Adaptogen. Yeah. So what makes a mushroom adaptogenic and other ones not? So there's the definition of adaptogens, and I'll I'll back up a little bit and say adaptogenic, uh, the term adaptogen is not a term from herbalism. It's a scientific term Mm -hmm. and a fairly modern one. It was developed in the 40s, 50s in Russia. They're doing a lot of research on how to give their soldiers, their cosmonauts, their workers an extra edge. And they use a lot of substances. They were using pure stimulants for a while, and they're like, methamphetamines give a soldier an incredible boost in performance the first day, but the second day there's a massive crash and decrease in performance. Uh, And so they wanted something that gave a boost in performance the first day and it was sustained and it increased overall resilience. And that's where the term adaptogens come from. They help you adapt to stress. And the Modern scientific definition that's most accepted is the four, the herbs must be non-toxic at normal doses. 
They must be normalizing, which means that they help regulate and bring the body back into balance. The example with adaptogens might be cortisol. If your cortisol is too high, it'll help bring it down. If your cortisol is too low, adaptogens can help bring it back to a healthier level. The third in is nonspecific, and that's talking about increasing your resilience to stress in a general way, whether it's physical stress, whether it's emotional, whether it's environmental, like you have mold in your house. Uh, so you have non-toxic, normalizing, non-specific. And, and then the fourth one that's fairly recent is neuroendocrine. And that means it has to act through the stress pathways. The two main stress pathways are the HPA axis and the SAS, the sympathoadrenal system. And if an herb doesn't interact with the stress response, it's not an adaptogen. And so chaga is amazing. Turmeric is amazing. Lion's mane, they're all incredible herbs, but they don't interact with our HPA axis or our sympathoadrenal system. And so they're not considered adaptogens because they're not working on the stress response in the same way that we would want an adaptogen to. Yeah. 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 That's really helpful to know. I've tried a bunch of different mushroom products and obviously there's nothing wrong with calling the mushrooms because that's what they are. But again, it's like that false labeling that you talked about, but I guess like, yeah, like, yeah, I just think about like supplements that I've been sent that are mushroom blends and it says like, and they're called like stress management or stress relief or whatever. But if a mushroom is not an adaptogen, is it still possible for it to be helping with stress? In the sense that lion's mane, for example, can help with your nervous system and stress can wreak havoc on your nervous system. So in, in that sense, yes, like mushrooms are incredibly medicinal and work in so many different ways, immune system on the nervous system and just having that overall building effect that mushrooms do can help mitigate some of the the negative effects of stress. Many adaptogens share some compounds across most adaptogens. You'll find triterpenoid saponins. Uh, and they look, these triterpenoid saponins look almost identical to cortisol. And they're able to, I'll get a little sciencey and then I'll, and then I'll back off, but they're able to act as partial agonists at glucocorticoid receptors, like your cortisol receptors uh, and so they're directly interacting with how your body perceives stress because they can block those receptors and keep your stress response, kind of give it a ceiling. They can also activate those receptors if you don't have enough energy and kind of put a floor on your stress response. And that's something that other mushrooms like lion's mane can't do. Okay. So there is some impact there. Yeah, that that makes sense. So if someone's listening to this and they've never tried adaptogens or they've never taken mushrooms. Like where do you recommend people start assuming that they have stress in their life? I think everybody does in some form or another. There's a couple approaches. You can look for a high quality blend of adaptogens. I really like using adaptogens in a formula, multiple adaptogens. They can balance each other out energetically. Uh, and there's quite a few tinctures out there that are really, really great. Rasa, of course, we make adaptogenic coffee alternatives. And so you you get a coffee-like experience, but with adaptogens instead. And every blend has more than five adaptogens in it. Another way to go is to see an herbalist and get a very customized blend because adaptogens have individual personalities. One might be a little more calming. One might be extremely stimulating. One might be really cold and dry and aggravate someone who's already cold and dry. One might be really heating and moistening. And, and so seeing an herbalist or doing some research is obviously awesome. And then another way to do it is just pick one adaptogen and get to know it, do some research on it, and then pick another adaptogen and start to build a relationship with these individual herbs and understand how they work in your own body. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think... For me personally, like I always like having adaptogens on hand and like mushroom blends in on hand in a supplement form. And I'll just take them throughout the day as I feel needed. Or usually in the morning is when I will take however many I think I need. But it's one of those supplements that I always have. Kind of like probiotics, I always just have it. And I, I don't think I would 
use it day in and day out religiously. And I don't know, do you think it's more beneficial to be using it in that way? (laughs) It's funny you mentioned probiotics because I I like to say adaptogens are probiotics for your stress response. It's somewhat similar to probiotics in that when you stop taking probiotics, your stomach kind of forgets and a lot of the bacteria that you were building with probiotics goes away uh, because traditionally probiotics were eaten almost every day, right? So it's something we are used to getting daily exposure of. And it's similar with adaptogens. Like they're great for acute doses for a couple of days, but the real magic is when you take them at lower, more tonic doses over weeks, months, even years, because they're continuing to build your resilience and fine tune your stress response. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So I guess like through your journey of working with plants, you obviously got to Rasa and now you guys make coffee alternatives. So let's talk about coffee. Like I, (laughs) I love coffee and most people love coffee, I think, but I have recently in the last month taken a step back from coffee just because I have too much stress on my plate and I'm very much aware that it's taxing my adrenals and yeah. So now I'm taking decaf and tea in the morning, robust tea, lots of water and just kind of taking a step back from it. But where do you stand with coffee and and what's your journey been with it? Yeah. Coffee frames my experience with adaptogens in a lot of ways. I, at one point in my early twenties, I was drinking five cups of coffee a day, which now it just seems absolutely crazy for me. And, and I realized that maybe similar to you, like coffee doesn't really work with me. And you start digging into some of the research and you're like, wow, it really messes with your sleep. It messes with your cortisol, like your circadian rhythm. I didn't appreciate the kind of the nervous system effects of it. And it, it's very, it's a very one directional stimulant. And then you're addicted to it. And there's no good evidence that you're getting extra energy from coffee once you're habituated to it. You're feeling good because you're pushing off withdrawal symptoms. And that was a, a relationship I didn't want to be in. Uh, and so I, I quit coffee and it, I was depressed for, I think, a couple months, like really low as I was kind of letting my brain get back to normal and resensitizing my dopamine receptors and my cortisol. And our relationship to energy is a big part of our mission at Rasa because in our society, there's this constant productivity, this constant optimization. And we don't get the other half of that, the rest and the nourishing side. And adaptogens somewhat counterintuitively offer both. They can increase your sleep efficiency and also help with performance. It's kind of weird. We often think of, I'll have coffee in the morning and wine at night, and there's a stimulant and there's a sedative. And adaptogens are much more balancing. Like They're stimulating. They're slight central nervous system stimulants often. There's a lot of great research on performance and endurance and mental agility. And then they also help you relax and help you sleep. So it's like something's funny going on here and it's amazing, but they're very different than coffee. And and that's why we positioned ourselves as a coffee alternative. Like we have a huge love of adaptogens, but coffee is a ritual that 90% of Americans partake in every morning. And if we can replace that ritual with adaptogens instead, or maybe even just take the second and third cup, if they continue drinking coffee for the first cup, we're going to have a dramatic influence on how we energize as a country and how we approach stress and nervous system and all of that. Do you ever worry about radiation or EMF? I definitely do. And I know this is a growing concern for a lot of you. EMF stands for electromagnetic fields, which are emitted by anything that uses electricity or radio frequency that uses radio waves. We are constantly bombarded with technology in our day-to-day lives, from our phones to computers to cell phone towers, flying in airplanes, and even using our beloved workout equipment like the Peloton. We are less grounded than we used to be and could honestly use far more time unplugged. But it's hard, right? 
when we work online, when we study online and even work out online and even have a social life online, we're really not unplugged at all during the day. We're basically go from screen to screen and then we kind of just do it again the next day. There are a bunch of ways that you can mitigate the harmful impacts of EMF and I have tried most of them. One of my favorite ways is by using shungite, both on my body and around my house. Shungite is this beautiful black stone that harmonizes EMFs and can minimize the effects of radiation, like having headaches, sleepiness, irritation, negative energy, restlessness, the list goes on and on. I have a beautiful shungite bracelet I wear, as well as a prism that actually sits on my desk by my computer while I'm working. I even use some shungite pieces to hold while I meditate. Shungite is also antibacterial, can support the immune system, reduce stress and anxiety, and purify water. I get all of my shungite from the same place, which is the shungite shop, and can be found at www.theshungiteshop.com. I'm actually doing an interview with the founder, and we are going to dive into the specifics of how Shungite works and how it can really reduce the EMF exposure around us. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, definitely check out theshungiteshop.com right now to get gorgeous pieces for both yourself and your home today. Yeah, I've... I found I've had my cortisol tested multiple times and my cortisol has never been high, like even on coffee and not on coffee, but coffee definitely impacts my sleep. Like I'm definitely one of those people who cannot and should not have caffeine past 12 PM. I'm just like sensitive to it. And it's interesting though, cause like my partner, he, it doesn't impact his sleep. So it's kind of odd that some people can have a coffee at 9 PM and go to sleep at 11 p.m. or whatever it is like so how does it impact those people on a biological level if they're like quote-unquote like sleeping just fine yeah you might not notice the effects but i I would say there's no single person that isn't affected by coffee the coffee consumption is associated with an increased amount of non-restorative sleep so it, it undermines our slow wave sleep which is the kind of the deep sleep that's responsible for a lot of our memory consolidation and things like that. And you might not notice it. You might go to sleep okay. But like I, I notice when I drink more caffeine, like I'll still fall asleep, but I'll dream a lot more in a way that I can tell I'm not as deeply sleeping. Like I'm on a much shallower wavelength at night. And there's some research out there about how coffee impacts melatonin secretion. One study found that I think they were using Fitbit and they found that on days that folks drank coffee, they had, I think, 30 fewer minutes of sleep, which is pretty significant. And we could go on and on about sleep. It's I think as a culture, we're chronically sleep deprived or underslept. And there's a, a vicious cycle where we don't sleep quite as well. We need the coffee to get us going. It disrupts our sleep and we're just kind of stuck in this suboptimal pattern. Yeah, it's funny you say that. I slept really badly, not last night, but the night before. And so yesterday, I was like very conscious about my decisions to like, make me feel better and like get energized. And instead of pushing through and and having all this caffeine and pre-workout, or you go and do an intense workout so that you're energized after because of the cortisol again, I actually like worked a half day and just took time off and was like, I just need rest. My body is just recovering from whatever's going on. And doing that more often is so much healthier than trying to push through and causing more stress in the body, right? But it's really difficult because our culture very much pushes hustle culture, right? Like go, go, go. You should have a full-time job and a side hustle and be making all this money and doing all these things and working out seven times a week. And like, right. Like it's just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, Yeah, it is. And in, in traditional Chinese medicine, they consider coffee a false chi food. Chi is kind of our day-to-day energy. And they say coffee drains our chi. So it it gives us the impression of having energy, but it's actually emptying the gas tank over time. Whereas adaptogens are chi tonics, which 
may not give you the like that pow out the gate that you get from coffee, but over time help fill up the gas tank and build your reserves. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I think what people don't realize and what I've been realizing lately is that the, as great as coffee is and as great as stimulants are like whatever it is, it's stressful for the body and it's breaking down the body over time. So if we take a different approach of like, how can I feel energized today, but grounded in my body at the same time? Like that that. is really, really difficult. And I struggle with that because sometimes I'm in my head and I'm go, go, go. And you're rushing around and your heart beats higher, you know, and you're not really in your body and in yourself. So it's kind of like, how do we be productive, but also not like just deteriorate our body day in and day out? is like the ultimate question I've been thinking about. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, that's really good. Cause I, I think if you just take away coffee then yeah, in, in our culture, we need to, we, we have less allowance for ebb and flow. We need to be like ready to go in the morning and, and it's nice to have something that gives us a little bit of a boost. Yeah. So is decaf coffee okay? Or are you still not a fan of decaf coffee? I like decaf coffee. I, I drink it every once in a while. The, I know we're slamming coffee here. <laughs> and, and we're, we're slamming it from an energy perspective, but from a from another perspective, it's the I think it's the single best source of polyphenols in the American diet because we're not eating a pint of blueberries every day, but we're drinking a lot of coffee, and it's awesome for that. I think you can definitely replace that with other herbs like herbal coffee alternatives. You're still getting a lot of those polyphenols, but decaf can be a great way to do that as well. And you're not getting that cortisol bump from decaf and you're not getting the sleep effects either it if you're super sensitive to caffeine like i normally don't have caffeine and decaf is noticeably caffeinated for me so it's it's not zero caffeine it's somewhere between three and 15 milligrams depending on where you buy it from some studies and they pulled decaf off the shelves and 15 milligrams of caffeine is not nothing Yeah. Yeah. I knew it wasn't nothing, but I knew it didn't compare to like 150 milligrams in like a grande coffee from Starbucks or whatever. Right. Do you think that people can take coffee and take like L-theanine and kind of balance out what coffee does? Or do you still think it's better to just avoid it in general? Well, I I like L-theanine. We actually have a non-dairy powdered creamer made out of coconut cream and oat milk. And it has L-theanine in it for the coffee drinkers because it definitely takes the edge off a little bit. I, I think if you're going to drink coffee, that's amazing. And then you can do some things to mitigate the side effects. Adaptogens, L-theanine, adding, adding those to your coffee is great. When We actually have a, a product that's half coffee for, for those types of folks because coffee is it's a huge thing for so many people. And asking folks to totally give it up, is it's a hard thing to do. And so mixing in... Yeah, mixing in other herbs with your coffee or L-theanine, as you say. Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at your website now. And so I guess the original pack is the one that's like the full al- alternative that you would recommend for people. Yeah, we, we have quite a few blends. We have the original, which is the, the first product we launched with. And we have one that's half cacao. We have one that's half coffee. And then we have a bunch of more functionally specific blends uh, like we have one for the evening time with a high dose of ashwagandha for sleep we have one that's more mood based with some cool herbs that interact with dopamine and serotonin we have a sex tonic spicy rose cacao and a more immune focused blend so yeah we, we have a lot of fun functional beverages in there as well yeah yeah i like this one super happy sunshine that's the one I want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to take that every day and feel like sunshine, please. That sounds awesome. Yeah, honestly, I'm just so excited to see products like this come out because you're basically making it very easy for people to have that like hot cup of something in the morning, but have it actually be healthy for them. And that is just really, really cool. Yeah. And the ritual aspect of it is important. Like I, I take a lot of supplements. And I, I mean, I even have the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, the little pill box and it makes me feel like I'm 80, but it's great, but I still forget to take them. 
And it's really hard for me to build a habit around capsules, even around powders. But you have this coffee ritual that's already a habit for so many people. And you get used to having the hot beverage in the morning or in the evening. And it's just a, it's an easy plug and play. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm, I'm so happy for that. So if people are interested in trying like these different alternatives, do you recommend that people just get like the sample pack and kind of see what they like taste wise or what do you recommend? Yeah. The sample pack is awesome. Four servings of all of our blends. So you can kind of see the taste and the functionality and learn a bit more about each of the blends. And we also have a, a starter kit, which is a sample pack plus a French press. Ooh, uh, because a lot of yeah. people don't have French presses. You can also make it in a mocha pot or an espresso machine sometimes, but the French press is, is really the easiest. Yeah. Yeah. I have a French press and it's a really nice one, but it doesn't keep the coffee hot. It drives me crazy. So, oh yeah. I don't know. Do you have any, like, this is such a side note, but do you have any recommendations for that? Because I would love for it to just stay hot the whole time. Double walled is a huge, there are French presses out there that are much better at that. And also I sometimes brew it, add a little oat milk, toss it in the microwave, and then I'm good to go. Uh, yeah. See, I, my mom knitted me like a French press cozy like little thing out of, <laughs> I don't even know, yarn or whatever. And then I wrap like a tea towel around it as well, just to insulate the heat. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But this has been awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. And how can people connect with you if they want to try your products? We are at wearerasa.com. And that's our tag on the socials as well. We are Rasa. And I'll give you a discount code, post it in the show notes. And yeah, it's a really real pleasure to talk to you. And adaptogens are, whether it's Rasa or anything else, adaptogens are really incredible and such a balm for the burnout so many of us face in today's society and especially after the last several years. So I have a huge love for adaptogens and thank you will too. That's awesome. Thank you so much. So I'll definitely uh, put those links in the show notes and on my website so people can find you very easily. Awesome. Thanks very much. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for listening to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. If you're interested in finding the show notes or the sponsors for this episode, you can do so on my website, which is biohackingbrittany.com. Remember to follow me on Instagram where I'm most active. My handle is at biohackingbrittany. And if you're interested in working together and you want to email me directly, you can do that. My email is info at biohackingbrittany.com. And I look forward to hearing from you and having you tune in next week.